our real life experiences of being on teams of different challenges that we've experienced. We tell those stories, not to have them be war stories or, or whatever. We tell stories where we've hit leadership challenges and help translate that to what the team that we're working with is going through mm-hmm. and then give them our perspective, right? My bet the, their solution, we give them our solution of what we used. Welcome to Unstoppable, the podcast for anyone who believes that their past and current circumstances do not define their future potential. I'm Karina Burton, your host and co-founder of CPR Construction Cleaning. This show is a series of profounding conversations that share stories and experiences of unstoppable people. Those who are willing to change, discover what it means to be aligned, and who are also willing to face tough challenges that stand between them and their dreams. As a coach and marketing expert, I live my life believing that I am unstoppable. Now I want you to know that you are unstoppable too. Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. We are so excited to have Eric Brown, who has passion for leadership evolving from a 24-year career in military. Eric Brown started at the lowest level and worked his way up, ultimately overseeing a 300-person battalion and becoming a senior warrant officer with 20 years of experience as a Green Beret. Eric has gained global experience while working with the 7th Special Force Group. Across his military tenure, he has completed 12 deployment worldwide. As a founder of Imperial Consulting, Eric now leads a team drawing from his expertise from special operations and combat to provide CEOs, business leaders, and and decision makers across corporations and industries worldwide a different perspective and approach to problem solving. Eric, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. First and foremost, thank you so much for joining us. And also thank you so much for your 24 years of service in the military. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Super excited to be here. Uh, Still not comfortable with listening to people read my bio. I'm still getting used to that. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. It's really, really impressive. I am blown away by what you have done and have experienced in this life to this point and how you're evolving. So with that, I'm so curious to know where in your life led you to believe that you are truly an unstoppable person? Wow. But going on your podcast for being unstoppable, uh, listening to your story as we talk to get ready for this and hearing all your uh, trials and tribulations you got to be where you're at. I'd say through through my life, just of uh, one, deciding to join the Army, right? As growing up as an Army brat, I never wanted to be in the Army, right? Anti-Army, first 18 years of my life. And then as soon as I was old enough to join the Army, of course, I joined it, right? But who, who knew? Uh <laughs> So working through that and then working up through and trying out to be special forces at 21 years old, uh, which was super tough for myself, right? Just coming up and being 21 and what do you really know when you're 21 years old? And I'm signing up to be a Green Beret. Uh, Just from what I saw living with my father during my childhood and then what was in the movies, all I knew is I wanted to travel and I knew Green Berets did that. And then 
found out later they also help people. So that's what really kept me going for the last, you know, picking my first job at 18 and keeping it for 24 years. So did your father also participate in the military or was that the... The whole family. So you have my father did 28 years. Uh, my stepmother did 24 years and my brother did 20 years. Uh, wow. So the entire, entire family. That is very impressive. So you were able to combine your passion for traveling yes. and then also to help people. And you were able to do that through in the Green Berets. You had mentioned that you were initially, you know, not about doing the military life. What was that moment in your life that kind of transitioned you to say, you know what, I'm going to do it instead of, you know, venturing off and doing something else that allowed you to travel? Right. Well, I grew up traveling, right? I've never lived anywhere longer than uh, three years, still holding that record uh, at 43. <laughs> so I've never lived anywhere longer than three years. Um, but as I hit 18 and looked at what I was doing, I went to college for one semester. And after that one semester, I was like, this is not for me. Uh, just going to sit in that classroom was, was killing me like every day. Uh, and, and I should have finished it out, but, you know, I ended up doing it in the army. But the, the change was just seeing everything going around me in the world. And the fact mm -hmm. that I was just sitting in that classroom didn't sit right with me. So I wanted to, as everyone wants to do, speed their life up. And I certainly did speed my life up. So that's really pushed me is just not being able to sit still and watch things going around me. So from going where you're, you're feeling, I don't really want to be in the army, then deciding I'm going to do it. And then having a 24 year career in the military. What was it about the military though, that really made you become very passionate, um, you know, a lot of people, I think we hear, you know, kind of just do their time and then they're done. But you obviously gave a large portion of your life to this point, too. Yep. Over half, if you think about it, over half my life I was in the Army. Uh, I really think it came down to when I, when I finally went, right? I saw what my father did, my stepmother, my brother. Uh, they all had successful careers. I wanted to do something similar, right? Still with that backdrop of traveling and continue to live in different cultures. Because, I mean, most of my childhood, I grew up overseas. A uh, big portion of my life, I lived in Germany, was there in Berlin when the wall fell, and it really gave me the bug uh, to travel. And then when I did join the military, it really gave me that uh, sense of belonging, uh, finding other people that have similar interests, and just wanting to push ourselves. And that just kept that going. And then when finally joining and finding my place within Army Special Forces, where you work on that small team, you know, where there's only 12 people, you only rely on each other and you spend literally more time with them than you do your family. Mm -hmm. Like 12 to 15 hours a day you're with them and then you go home and what do you got? Like two hours before you, you know, eat yeah. dinner and go to bed. Uh, and then with the deployments, you know, spending six to eight months away yearly uh, with the war and then with the other deployments the Special Forces do, I, I think I was deployed every year from 2002 until 2020, uh, just continuously. So you grow that really like bond with those folks that you're working with and uh, mm -hmm. they become your family. 
So you had in the in the bio, it had mentioned that you had worked your way up. So you started from the bottom and then worked mm -hmm. your way up into um, overseeing a 300 person battalion. What was that like at the at the beginning, you know, starting at the bottom? Well, for those not familiar with the military, when you if you join up and you don't have any college, you start off as what they call a private an E1. Right. That's that's your rank. Uh, enlisted ranks, which you think of your, the doers and the managers goes from E1 to E9 and to become an E9, uh, to say it takes 18 years, right? So you start at one at 18, I wouldn't be an E9 until I was 36, just to give you a time frame of how long that takes. Um, I obviously picked another path that went from E1 to E6, so private to staff sergeant. So you go from, uh, let's see if a relative making copies in the copy room to being middle management. Uh, then I switched to become a, what you call a, a special forces warrant officer where it take more of a leadership role uh, of leading folks and being in the mix of planning and uh, making decisions. Mm -hmm. And just work my way up from there where that goes from, uh, one through five, and I retired uh, as a CW4 uh, just because I didn't want to give another six years of my life to the Army. So 25 was enough. Didn't want to go to 31. Um, but, yeah, just working through all the different levels, working side by side as I, as I call them kids, you know, your 18 to 21-year-olds, up to middle management and being a doer and, and getting things done, you know, following your leaders, and then becoming a leader – and understanding how you had to really take care of those that you're responsible for mm -hmm. and going with uh, the motto, as long as you take care of people, everything else will fall into place. So it really gave me satisfaction where I could take my experience and help others grow and get them to where they wanted to be in their uh, professional life. And me being able to work from a 12 person team to working by myself, working not only in the United States, but also working in embassies, uh, nowhere else do you get the responsibility that you do in special forces where myself, Eric Brown, and was it my late twenties sitting down with presidents of countries asking me what I thought, you know, where else does that happen? Like only yeah. in special forces can you be 28 and a president of countries like, so Eric, what do you think? Right. In a room full of ambassadors and, you know, very um, prestigious folks just because you, you know, you went through the training and, you know, you earned your green bray, which is known worldwide of being able to help folks. You know, I don't want to interrupt you, but I would love to know what did that feel like? That must have been like a really amazing moment that really empowered you as an individual. It was, it was all right. Obviously, I haven't forgotten about it because I brought it up. But if you think about how this randomly happened, I was. Uh, in a South American country, we'd only been there for two days. Me and my, it was only me and one other folks, a guy named Juan. And we were working and the ambassador came to us and like, hey, you're going to go to, they had like a, a thing at five o'clock on Fridays where everyone went and did like a, a mixer, a social, so you can yeah. meet the other folks in the embassy. Uh, of course, since we were new and the ambassador, he knows the head person in charge. There's no one else hired. So when she asked, of course, we're going. Uh, we wanted to go, but of course we're going no matter what. And no one else showed up, Karina. No one. It was just me, my friend Juan, and the ambassador of the country. She's like, hey, let's go across the street. 
went to this restaurant or having uh, some food, learning more about her. She's learning more about us. Uh, and Angela walks to the president of that country. She's like, oh, look at that. That's the president. And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so where's this going? Because we've only been there for two days, right? we still got jet lag going on. She's like, do you want to meet him? And we're like, sure. Let's, let's go sit down with the president. And we did. When we went over there, we sat down, got treated as equals. Uh, obviously, he thought we were important because we were the ambassador. But just really talking about what was going on in the country and being asked our opinion was great. It was what most folks join special forces do to go and help folks and use our experience to, and, and share it. So we always think everyone's opinion matters and we are given the platform to uh, sit there and uh, hang out with the president for a couple of hours and multiple other times during, during that trip. So I don't think anywhere else in the world I would get that uh, without, you know, numerous years and, you know, the state department. That's very, very fascinating. And it actually kind of, it really does tie into understanding that, you know, with your company, you, you have mentioned that you leverage the green beret approach to solve business, you know, problems and challenges. And, you know, I love that, you know, your experience of having someone who, you know, people look at and it's like, that's the president. And, you know, they came to you and sat to with you and that was an equal. So your experience of having that and being able to help, you know, other businesses and in incorporating these, you know, these real life experiences that you've had. Um, and, and still the military is still like a, a business style. It's just obviously yeah. in a different. Um, oh no, we're, we're so business-like no one even understands. We're the most bureaucratic business on the planet or we were when I was part of it, but you're right with the green, the green gray approach, right. To building high performing teams or developing high performing teams and helping folks look at their problems and having a different perspective is what it's all about. We come in and we share our experiences. We never come in saying we have all the answers. We just come in with decades of experience working all over the world with different from the military to government to uh, foreign business leaders, and we bring those perspectives. We share our experiences to find common ground, and then we give them a uh, really simple four-step problem, four-step process mm-hmm. to assess any situation they're in. It's not as somebody told me in one of my last programs, man, you guys didn't teach us anything. It was like rocket science. We're like, no, no, we just straightforward. Do this, and we'll help you look at your uh, from a different perspective. That's what you you come to us for. If, uh, as most consulting fields or different um, businesses, if you're looking for outside help, you don't want to hear the same thing back to yeah. you that you've been talking about. And also so many times we think we know whatever, you know, industry or whatever um, business that we're in. But when you ask someone's, someone from the outside, right? Somebody who also has an extended um, 
experience, you realize you only know what you know, right? Within your circle of what you know. And that's where like you can cap yourself as an individual, mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, as somebody in their career, if they really just hone in their own little circle. And, you know, with your broad experience of being someone who's been all over the world, your creativity and also your understanding is so much more, um, it's so much more rich than, you know, so many other people. So you have so much more value and we can look at a problem that ha that's simplistic, but your eyes can see a totally different avenue of how to, how to solve that problem. And they're like, all I could see was this one tunnel vision because right. what they know is what all they know and they don't know anything else until somebody kind of like dings that light and they're like, Oh right. my gosh, that was so easy. Yeah. But I think it's so funny that you just said that. Cause I literally say that all the time. You only know what you know. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. So yeah. your ears and, and listen, you'll, you'll learn something. Exactly. Larry was bringing a different perspective. We look at things differently. And I found through working with uh, different folks within the private sector, over the past few months, there's so many similarities between what corporate executives do and what Green Braves do. It, it'll floor you sometimes. I was out in uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming uh, with a group of friends, and there's a very senior executive there, you know, with 30 years experience. And we were talking about me and some of the other special operators there. We we're talking about working by ourselves in a different country. And this individual's like, oh, that's the exact same thing I did when I was younger. They sent me, you know, by myself to do business development and fire everyone in this company day one. And I had no training. I didn't know. I was like, yeah, exactly. You go in and you get thrown a, you know, a sandwich with some words in front of it. Uh, and you got to figure it out. And that's what it's all about. Being a green braze, uh, figuring out problems and, and making solutions. I, I feel like I say this all the time, but like our experiences in our lives, we sometimes think that like your entrepreneurial or your career is very um, formal. And, you know, we go to school, we learn X, Y, and Z of how to perform that job. And you realize that um, it's really through your experiences in your life that really define you as a business person. And, and even in your, in being empathetic, right? Being a leader, how can you, you can't learn just in a textbook on how to be a leader. You have to actually experience it yourself or, you know, your trials and your tribulations in life that really teach you um, empathy and compassion so that as a leader, you know how to understand your team and maybe some of the struggles and how to kind of work together or, you know, for you as a consultant, you're looking in at, you know, someone else's business or trying to help leaders become their, their best selves, you know, utilizing sometimes their, their personal background and their personal experiences of what they've gone through in life and saying, look, you've been through hard times in your personal life. Now apply it into your business life. Right. right? And, um, I think that's, what's really, um, really attractive and luring when it comes to the military because you have that structure 
right? Where you're saying it's very business oriented, but there is a lot of emotion and a lot of mindset and a lot of trials that go throughout that. Mm -hmm. And having to drive both vehicles of making sure that you're in alignment with you know, all your business ethics and everything that you need to get done as a leader, but also understanding your team who are going through some emotional and very trying times. Um, what has been one of the most pivoting points in your, in your career that maybe initially your hardest moment in your life, but yet when you look back, you're like, wow, I am so proud of myself. You know, obviously I'm sure your team, but really, you know, that you were able to overcome some of these trials and now apply it to your, to your company today. Uh, yeah, I went through, you know, numerous different trials and tribulations over, you know, a couple of decades of being in the military and just regular life, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Not only, you know, besides being soldiers, right? We're real people. We have real life problems. You know, we have jokes at work and we still do it. When things aren't going that well for the day, we're like, what's going on? Life. We got a lot of life going on. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say one pivotal like moment in my life that uh, made me more of who I am today would be uh, in 2008, I was in Afghanistan on, um, you know, combat deployment. And in one second, I lost three of my closest friends, right? They blew up right in front of me from a IED or improvised explosive device uh, where they're, we're driving we get attacked and their truck blows up and never in my life, you know, besides, you know, watching movies, can you watch just like three in a second, your whole life changes, like literally one second. Um, and then it happened to be in, in special forces, you have a you know a commander or a captain at a team level, and a warrant officer is the second in charge. It just happened that day that the captain is the person that died. So in one second, it was his first day on the job. He literally been in command two hours, I think, and he got killed with uh, it's uh, Rich, Jamie, and Gary are their names. All died, very senior folks, and then I was in charge, right? right there on the spot and I had to make my money of and do what I was trained to do uh, and finish out that mission and get everyone home safe. It really made me think about taking every moment that you have and appreciating it and to make sure that you're always ready to perform and do what you need to do. So everyone else can get home safe just because you never know like that one second, something, yeah. you know, something could happen. Um, and I think myself and my entire team that day, we all, we all changed right from, from that um, mm -hmm. horrible moment and grew stronger from it. But uh, this is, that definitely made me where when a lot of times we get prepared for like our programs. Now we take it very seriously mm -hmm. Not that we have any life or death things going on, but you never know when something could happen. I mean, you literally could get hit by a car when you're crossing the street. And when, yeah. uh, my daughters get after me all the time for being uh, too intense. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, you could die. And they're like, ah, oh, whatever. I'm like, no, I've literally seen it. Like, I've literally seen people like die instantly. So excuse my intenseness uh, just of thinking things through. <laughs> but that was like my pivotal moment where like my entire life changed and made me appreciate more of what I had. And how do you feel? Are you approaching your company 
how do you feel you are with, you know, your, the clients that you work with, right? Does that bring a sense of like compassion, but also saying like, look, take it, like, take this opportunity and really like go for it. Right. Because life is short. You, you right. want to take all the chances you, you can get, or you're just never going to know. Yeah. So on that, we, always tell people when they're working with Imperio, they're part of the Imperio family. So we treat everyone like they're, they're a family. So when we come in, we try to learn as much as we can about in a short period of time. Mm -hmm. And we treat them like family and we go through uh, learning more about their personal lives so we can help them in their business lives. Uh, so that's how we go about everything. We treat everyone like they're part of a family. I love it. And that is, you know, just to reiterate what we were talking about just um, a few minutes earlier, it's so important to remember that there is a human driving that business, right? And being able to understand who they are as a person can help, you know, will help. It's not a can, it's a, it's a definitely will help them with um, their betterment in business and as a, you know, as leaders. So after 24 years or 24 plus years in the military, yeah. you said no more. You know, you are in your right. You've paid your dues in, in, in um, you know, participating in the military. And then you said, I mean, you were, you're young, you're still young. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what are you going to do? And you came home and did what? What did you start doing? This company right away? Or was there anything else that you started first? Uh, in 2015, I had uh, started some entrepreneurship when I was out in California to get my master's. I had some shoulder pain, didn't want to take any medicine for it, and find out about cryotherapy. So ended up taking a, a company or uh, partnering with a company called Glasse Cryotherapy with Brittany and Skyler, who had one shark tank and were some up-and-coming uh, amazing folks. Brought their business over to the East Coast, ran that for a year, but ended up going to Afghanistan. And my wife's like, no, I didn't, I'm not doing my job and the company that you wanted to start. So we sold it, but we got a 10% return. So that was good. Uh, then as I was getting out, I went through a transition program called the Honor Foundation, which is a nonprofit that helps special operation soldiers transition because what the military has uh, might not be the best uh, suited for those that were in special operations. So okay. it's a three-month program. Uh, the key thing I took away from it was you get assigned a mentor. Uh, I got a, my mentor was uh, a CEO named Guy Hart from Plus Delta Partners. And we really hit it off as he, he was there to guide me through my questions about the private sector. What do you want to do? Oh, you want to be a consultant? Okay, I was a consultant. Here's options. So we talked it all through. After that three months, ended up deciding, you know, you know I don't really want to work for anyone else. And I just want to take my experience and open my own company. So I set the stages as I was still in and transitioning. And so as I got out this past January, like January 24th was my last day in the army officially. Uh, I was ready to go. And we, I was, had everything set up and we literally as Imperial ran three pilot programs while I was still in the army. And then uh, uh, a very large program the first month I was out in February in Austin, Texas. So really Went through all my life, 24 years, you know, doing army, army, army. Uh, and I just wanted to do my own thing and try to help people the way I wanted to help people. 
minus my wife who tells me what to do all the time. <laughs> you always have to have a good, a good lady right there by yeah. your side. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm my curiosity and I'm sure maybe other people are probably like thinking, wow, this person is amazing, but how do you manage or how, how are you able to do all everything? Like what, what would be your secret sauce that you, you could give us in regards to that? Cause you said that you were still running your, um, the company you have today, Imperio consulting mm -hmm. while being in the army and you were launching, right? You were right. having some activity how, and, and then also you have a family. So yep. how are you juggling all of this? And throwing some selling houses here and there for some real estate. Okay. Yeah. Please tell us your secret sauce yeah. because I'm very yeah, yeah. One, uh, it just comes down to prioritizing what you want to do for the day, time management. Uh, my wife would argue with me about that. Uh, but put it on a calendar and you figure out what you really want to do and you just make it happen, right? You, you're going to miss some things. You mm -hmm. not always get to go to you know, the, I don't know, whatever the school event you wanted to go to or something's going to suffer a little bit. You can't give a hundred percent to everything. I've rebalanced it out just right. And my workload had lightened up as I was getting out, but still just managing what I needed to do at work. So they didn't suffer, you know, and then uh, doing the launching piece really just came down to working seven days a week and uh, very long days. But when you want to do something, that's, that's what you got to do. So, cause I did not want to spend the first year I was out doing everything, you know, the normal setting of the business of all administrative paperwork and licensing and building the website. I wanted to go as soon as I got out. So do you feel like you, you really learned this mindset of just like, when you commit, you're just going to do it and you have to make sacrifices. Do you right. feel like you learned that from the military? Oh yeah. 100% learn that military. If you, Especially in special forces, you know, the team, they come first and, and then the mission and there's no, we don't accept failure. So we just keep going and you got to get it done. Uh, but growing up on a team, you never went home. So all the work was done. No matter if you had all your work done, there's always, you know, help your friend until they were done or your teammate. And that just carried on through, um, especially being deployed, you know, that's working 24 hours a day. So your time you're off and eating, sleeping, and going to the gym. But if you, I always used to think if I can work 18 hours when I was deployed, then me yeah. just working from six to eight o'clock at night is not that big of a deal. I was gonna say, I'm like, how do you how do you fit in the gym? You're so busy. You, you write it, you put it on your calendar. Like, yeah, you do it. You put it on the calendar. That's funny. I actually made a post, I don't remember, maybe it was yesterday on LinkedIn, and I talked about how everything I do has to be on the calendar. Like that is the, if it's not on the calendar, it's not a part of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have to be flexible with my kids because they like to throw things at me. But, mm. you know, when you have goals and you want to be fully committed to growth, you are going to have to make these sacrifices. And I think that when you see it there and you're, you know, for me, it's on my phone that notifies me on my calendar. And it's like, right. You know, are you committed to it or are you not committed? Yeah. And that's really going to show, you know, not just like what, what are you made of, but like how badly do you want something, right? You can't, and especially as an entrepreneur, you can't have people telling you what to do. 
right? Yeah. That's, that's one of the perks of being an entrepreneur, yeah. right? You have to be self-motivated and there has to be something in you that motivates yourself. And, um, and if you commit to how your calendar dictates your day, so to speak, it, you're able to kind of stay on track a bit more. So I am fully in line when it comes to the calendar. I'm like, and also I try to make it like first thing in the morning. Otherwise, they, that's the first thing you do. Knock out the gym, get some, yeah, just make that right. first two hours of your day, like your time to, you know, go to the gym, eat, get ready for the day. You, you can always work it in. But if you hear any, you know, if you listen to any podcasts or watch any of the, uh, those in society deemed super successful mm-hmm. and they ask, how'd you do it? They just put their mind to it and made it happen. Right. Or the famous, I'm, I just grinded it out. So that, this is what you have to do. You just have to put your head down and know that all the work that you're putting in is worth the end product that you, that you're trying to achieve. Yes. And if you're scared of hard work, entrepreneurialism is yeah. not for you. Yeah, I joke with my friends all the time that because, you know, being in the army and after 20 years, you know, I might have had some folks that did work for me. And I always joke like, oh, man, I had like 10 people that could do that for me in the army. Now it's me. <laughs> That's it. I got me. I do have some folks helping me out, though, but uh, it goes from having like, you know, a lot of people staff and aren't, you know, very structured to, you know, getting your things done by yourself. Are those few people like uh, Sasha, who helps me do my ops, uh, people like her keep me going. So tell us a little bit more about your company and how you strategically go about it obviously much more differently because you are utilizing your background and your experiences to optimize people's success for their company. Um, you know, what does that look like and how are you helping um, companies today? All right. So what Imperio's main product is that we use the Greenberry approach to develop high performing teams. Uh, so after being on teams, small league teams for the last two decades, that's what we bring is our perspective and our knowledge of how to work together and get mm-hmm. things done. So when a client approaches us, that's the first thing, like, hey, what can you offer us? Well, if you give us one of your teams, it could be the C-suite, it could be your sales team, it could be your IT team. You know, a team, we like four to six people, but obviously we could do more, we could do less. And we bring them out. And we give them one challenger opportunity that they want to look at. This is, I mean, we do many things, but just to put one that we do in our three-day program, we just say, all right, give us one challenger opportunity that you've been looking at. All right. Our last customer wanted to, or our last client wanted to shift from direct mail order to B2B or, you know, straight business to customer uh, mm-hmm. operations. So we, we learned about as much as we could over the time as we were talking to them. And when they came in, first thing we did was learn about their team. And then we put uh, our clients to a little bit of a, a stressor is what we call it. Because shared experience under stress develops performance. You learn all about folks when just yeah. not, and it doesn't have to be physical stress. Yeah. Uh, so what would it be? Give us an example of what that uh, was. The last one in Austin was a, uh, stress was time mm-hmm. and competition. So we put half the company, the younger half, 
the junior executives versus the senior executives along. Uh, one thing Imperial does different than everyone else, we have a one-to-one -one ratio. So one special operator per one executive. We split those up and they go through, my my guys and girls go through the events with the client. It's not us talking to you. We show you, we don't tell you. We're right there with you. So they did a QR code uh, virtual scavenger hunt through downtown Austin. And they could see each other's scores on their cell phone of who was ahead, who was behind, and everything that was going on with the clock ticking down. They only had two hours. And there's literally a little clock going. And that was within one hour of starting our program. So imagine, Karina, you come to our program, like, hi, I'm Eric Brown. This is Imperia. This is who we are. Cool. Grab your team. You're running around downtown Austin for the next two hours. Go. And it brings everyone together quickly. Another example, we did a six-mile hike in the Appalachian Trail with our Imperial friends that we get from Kettlebell Kings of these little kettlebells that we carry around everywhere. Uh, we even worked them into the scavenger hunt where they found my little buddy kettlebell, kettlebells that they carried around. Um, or another stress event that kind of we tested out in Wyoming was jumping off a 40-foot rock. Just no, I can't. Jump off a rock. It really helps you because all of us, you know, middle-aged guys uh, for this trip, no women. This past one, we had quite a few women, but this was just all guys and it just happened to be like, I would say a group of 18 to 20-year-olds mm -hmm. jumping off the rock like there's no one's business. And you literally have some 40-year-old guys going, ooh, I don't know if I want to jump off this rock. And we're like, that 18-year-old just jumped off the rock. We're jumping <laughs> off the rock. Uh, and it happened to be that uh, I think I ended up having a, I didn't even get a choice because there's a, there's a little rivalry, right? Between Green Rays and Navy SEALs uh, friendly. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a Navy SEAL there and he literally jumped off the rock first and everyone's like, Oh, Eric, you're going to jump off the rock. I was like, of course the Navy SEAL just, about, I, for all green brains, all green braids in the world, I have to jump off the rock right now. Uh, and just freezing cold water. Uh, you can see it on our YouTube site of me freezing when I hit the water. Oh, that's but yeah, we just try to put some stress, brings everyone together. That way, when we look at your challenge or opportunity, mm -hmm. you already have something in common, right? You're joking about what happened during the day, and then the, we give you the approach, the four-step repeatable process, and then we hit your your challenge or opportunity all day the next day, and everyone's together, right? They're ready to go, and there's none of this, uh, who are you? Because I just watched you eat a cookie off your face yesterday with no hands, like mm -hmm. There's nothing. There's nothing we can't, can't do now. We yeah. try to keep the task from something you're never supposed to be good at. Scavenger hunt, why did we pick that? When's the last time you did a scavenger hunt? Probably when you were a kid. So no one's good at that. Hiking, everyone can walk. Literally, everyone can walk or, or move. Or we just pick something that no one's supposed to be good at. So that way you take all ego out, it's out the window. We're all, all just going to go do this together. No matter how bad we suck at it, we're going to grow together and have some fun. So how long, when you, when you do these programs, how are they, do they last um, like two to three days a yeah. week or? So we have multiple options. We have a half day where we'll come to you and essentially work with you to help you define what your challenge or opportunity is and help us develop the proper program for you. We have a three-day program uh, where you go through the stressor event and we help you uh, develop a roadmap 
from you, not us. We help you develop your own roadmap to attack your challenge or opportunity. And then we have a seven day program, which we call our expedition, where we go further out somewhere within the United States or overseas. It doesn't matter to us. And we do an expedition where we take you out and you, we teach you how to like essentially lead a mission and you lead your uh, team through different uh, trials within outside the wilderness. Uh, always coming back to a home camp, right? We're not going to make you suffer. Uh, we don't like to suffer. We never did. No one likes sleeping outside or some people do, but for the most part, you're going to sleep inside with us. That's a, a very nice place, but at the end of the day, we'll, we'll, we'll get after it. Um, what was I, I was literally about to ask you something specific in regards to this. Um, shoot, what was it? Look at me. I'm having a, I want to ask it. I don't want to forget it. Cause it was good. It was a good question in my mind. All your questions are great. Let me, what was it? Um, you have to do with work, family, life. It had to do with the strategy of, you know, your your approach on how you. Oh, that's what it was. See, okay. I was a good one. So, right. what I'm curious to know the, and a great example of a business issue, right? Like I'm a business owner and I have X problem. I come to you. What is that X problem that I would have that you would really specialize in? Is it like I'm I'm having a hard time with my team being um, a team where they can work together, or is what are some of the like main issues that you see across the board? Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. We specialize in developing teams. So one one aspect is that you have a very high performing team that mm-hmm. wants. To- Form at the next level. They want to be the top 1%. Uh, so we go through different techniques of how they're communicating, how are they working together, uh, making them understand that everyone's part matters. And it also matters for you as a leader to know what your team does outside of work. There's so many people now that just live on Zoom or Google Meet or you name it, mm-hmm. and you pass in the hallway maybe and you and you only talk in the boardroom or you only talk over conference calls. And we've learned to, to be a high performing team, you have to do more than that. You have to train together. You have to live and eat together. And that same aspect could go for an underperforming team that used to perform well. And they found some kind of roadblock uh, that they've hit that's holding mm-hmm. them back. We help them to determine what that roadblock is and move it out of the way. Uh, doing flat communications, uh, shared experience, and then different team building models that we use within special forces that can translate into the private sector. I love that you always bring back that humanizing factor, right? You, you've said it multiple times that, you know, you have to know who that person is to be able to get the most optimum results when it comes to business. Right. You know, if you don't know them, if you don't know who they are, if you don't know their stresses or, um, you know, their likes. And the other thing that I find really fascinating with business is that, you know, or people in general is that, you know, you could have hired some of the most amazing rock stars on your team, but if they don't know how to work together, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like having, you know, the 
a lot of quarterbacks, right? right. And, and everyone needs to kind of learn how to um, mesh together in a healthy work environment or else it's really going to just, it's not going to be effective. It yeah, is gonna- and that's how we uh, really help uh, teach or guide with our perspective of mm-hmm. given our real life experiences of being on teams of different challenges that we've experienced. We tell those stories, not to have them be war stories or, or whatever. We tell stories where we've hit leadership challenges and help translate that to what the team that we're working with is going through mm-hmm. and then give them our perspective, right? Might be the, their solution. We give up our solution and what we used. If it relates, it relates. If not, they add it to their you know proverbial tool bag. Throw it in there and when you need it, you pull it out and, and use it. Uh, but we've heard multiple times when we're doing our programs that uh, one of the biggest takeaways they have is us sharing our experiences and talking through it. And we treat, we literally do, it's not lip service. We treat everyone like family. It, mm-hmm. It's a true statement. We're going to eat with you. We're going to be right there next to you going through everything. Um, because I can't stand people just stand in front of a whiteboard and, and talk at you. Right. We have a little bit of that, right, to give our steps. But besides that, we're working with you and we're doing practical exercises and role playing and mm-hmm. uh, talking through and using different techniques. Uh, I bring up my friend Vaughn from Work Smart Advantage, uh, and she brings out her Legos, right? She's a master Legos working through strategy. So Green Braves, Legos, and Vaughn, we can solve anything. What makes you so passionate in life to keep you, you know, continuously motivated? There's, there's got to be something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say just I've always liked helping, helping people. Uh, mm-hmm. Really drives me to what I do to help people achieve their goals, dreams, or get where they want to go. So that's what drives me to do this. So if companies or people are having some challenges are the one to achieve an opportunity. If I can help them do that, that makes me happy. Was there an experience in your childhood that made you feel like you gravitate to that? Did you have any kind of experience in your life that you're like, that sticks with you, right? And you're like, that felt great. And I really want to continue to do that for the rest of my life. If you went on a childhood, I would just say from, you know, switching every two to three years to a new place. Uh, always having to make new friends and learn new things. Uh, you really learn how to fit in quickly, right? And adapt. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that, you normally end up ha- helping people. But I would say more so in my special forces career, uh, I try to always be the person that uh, would be there to help no matter what. If you ask me, I'm going to drop what I'm doing and, and come help you. And then it just kept going. Uh, so that really after doing it for 20 years, that's just what I do is help people. Mm-hmm. So would you, do you feel like the company that you have is is beyond just the service that you're that you're offering? You are driven for the purpose of helping people. Yeah. And then obviously you offer a service. Yeah, of course. We that's we're here to help uh obviously you have to have that double bottom line, right? Which I'm stealing from a guy, my mentor. Uh, you have to be able to work to feed your family, right? And take mm-hmm. care of those around you, but you also have to make the world a better place. And we feel that with Imperio, we can make the world a better place by helping people 
uh, overcome their challenges and achieve their opportunities. And at the same time, if you think about it, I was lucky enough to be brought into the private sector and see this little piece right through Guy and his uh, network that brought me in uh, like family. Uh, and then with my programs, I expose you know, anywhere from four to eight special operators to the private sector. That's four to eight people, you know, four to eight executives and four to eight special operators that would never have met in real life, right? There's no reason because what do we go back to what you said earlier? You only know who you know, or you only know what you know. So I make these two worlds come together and then that's four to eight chances. Another Imperial happens, whatever they want to call their business. Mm-hmm. Or a special operator gets that one job that you only get because someone knows you and offers it to you. Or you got four to eight people who now are friends that would never met each other and you expand that network. And if I keep doing this for a few years, think of, you know, the hundreds of connections that people can make that they would never made in their entire life. Just because we're trying to help and bring the Green Bay approach to literally just keep solving problems or developing high performing teams. Mm-hmm. I 100% believe and agree with you in regards to, you know, you can create these opportunities and in turn, it does help other people and it does, it, it continues that momentum forward, right? I had someone um, on my podcast a few weeks ago and he had a really amazing opportunity Um that someone had supported him in um, basically saying, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my house on collateral for you to start your company because I believe in you." And so, you know, this gentleman was just shocked that you know he would even do that, and you know, he he was just like, "Well, what can I do for you?" And he said, um, "You know, the man who put his house up for collateral said." I want you to pay it forward. So his mission now is to ensure that whatever he does, he's able to pay it forward to help other people. And, you know, it's just, it's such a really um, beautiful way of like, you're able to provide for your family. You're able to do all of these things because money is essential in life. You have to have it, right? Mm-hmm. And it and it really can make your life easier and you get to enjoy some of the beauty of, of life and, and that type of stuff. But, um, you know, if you look forward to wanting to help change people's lives and help better them and pay it forward, maybe in in some cases, you know, we've experienced that ourselves and we're like, I'm going to pay it forward because I know you know, that I was so richly blessed with other people helping me. Um, It's not only creating opportunities that bring financial success, but also, you know, it continues paying it forward over and over and over and creating that, um, that culture of, you know, what it means to be an entrepreneur. I think that we get so caught up in the dollars and dollars are going to come. Right. But becoming an entrepreneur that is there to cre- create a better community and to have purpose of, you know, the industry and, you know, helping other people is so much more important. And like I said, dollars are going to come, especially because as life has it, people who 
move forward in that direction tend to have a very successful um, business. And, you know, people always want to know, like, how do you do it? How do you do it? And it's like, your mindset has to be different. You have to look at it in this perspective and you'll realize that everything else is going to fall into place when you do. Yeah, so that's I what I say. If you, if you uh, take care of the people around you, everything else will, will happen on its own. And you know what? Honestly, the other thing that I find really amazing about your story is that you're so kind and so um, generous. And, you know, even in your approach of how you go about your um, mentoring and, and training and consulting, it is in a very humanizing aspect. And I think that people sometimes think of the military as very stringent, right? It has this um, hard exterior that's hard to crack through. And some people, you know, have said, you know, I, I grew up with this military background and so they're really strict and they're not, you know, um, comforting and there's no affirmations. And your approach is totally different. And it's very, um, it's a fresh of breath air when it comes to, you know, the military is not all like that, right? It's, it's really as an individual. And you're a great example of that to say, like, this is how I've learned it. This is how I've digested it. And now I want other people to have this same experience. Yeah, that was one of our uh, best compliments we got from our last program that uh, some of the uh, clients came in. They were a little bit apprehensive. How are these military guys and uh, women going to do? And they said, and, you know, one of their testimonials that after the first day, they're like, oh man, we felt like we we're family, like we we're equals. I'm like, yeah, we're not here to do anything but help you and, and bring you part of our family. So, I can't say it enough. If you work with Imperial, you become part of the Imperial family and we're there to help you for the rest of your life. It's a wonderful, like, I love this concept of your business and being able to intertwine your experiences with the military and being able to help people grow their businesses. Um, before, you know, we end this show, I would love for you to share with our audience, you know, where they can find you. Cause I'm sure I know I'm positive that people are going to be very curious about you and want to know more about your experience and, and your company as well. Um, where can our, our audience find you? Uh, one of the easiest ways that has all the links, if you go to our website, uh, www.imperio-consulting.com, you can read all about us, meet our team, and it has all our social links from our Instagram, which is just imperio underscore consulting, or my LinkedIn, at, you know, Eric Brown Imperio. Uh, we share all, I, I share everything Imperio is doing via LinkedIn. So you can always reach out and then I'll definitely get back to you. And then on our website, you can hit all our links and we have all our videos up on YouTube. Feel free to watch, get me to 100. So I can finally change my name from ABCD, IHIG, whatever to my real name. Um, It's very slow getting there. Uh, You know, I could be a 12 year old rapper and be there in like two seconds, but as a, as a company, it takes us a minute to uh, to close this following. Uh, I would love to get to 100 on YouTube so we can put Imperio instead of 16 letters for our name. 
well, with your with your tenacity and determination, I believe that you will definitely get there. Yeah, we always joke. We spent 20 years of staying off social media and now we live on it. Oh, isn't that the truth? And I'm sure you've learned that social media is a necessary evil, right? It's, it's a beautiful thing, but it also can be um, very difficult, right? And it can... Yeah make us want to pull our hair out because like yeah. you said, uh, somebody can just throw up some random dance video and get a um, billion likes. And then you're like, I am just giving some really great wealth of knowledge. And it's like, figure it out. Yeah, I'll ask my 22 year old daughter. Maybe she can help me out. Um, do you, so do you have anything upcoming that you want to share um, with our listeners as well? So also we have our multiple programs you can sign up for, but coming hopefully or are incoming in the spring. Uh, Imperial have a online mentorship program uh, for those who can't get out to us in person or we can't get to you. You'll be able to sign up and have a one-on-one mentor to go through uh, a seven-step program, one-on-one learning what we've learned through our entrepreneurship, sharing with you so you don't have to go through the same mistakes we did. Awesome. Well, Eric, thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. And also, thank you again for your service. I'm just in awe with your dedication and then what you're creating today. So thank you again for joining the show. Thank you very much for having me and uh, spending your time with me. Appreciate it.